Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Welcome to this special episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich. I'm the Web and Communications Manager for the Western North Carolina Conference. And General Conference just kicked off yesterday in Portland. I'll be covering stories live from North Carolina until uh, the weekend. And then I will be out for the first of the last week of General Conference. You might note that Portland is on the West Coast. So when they mention times, it will be Pacific times. So worship is scheduled for 8 a.m. every morning out there. That is 11 a.m. in western North Carolina. You got to know the General Conference. It meets every four years. And this year there will be 864 elected delegates voting on legislation that will set the course for our United Methodist Church over the next four years. Also note that there are about 4,000 participants over and beyond Uh, those delegates that are out in Portland and working around and behind the scenes. In the couple of general conferences that I've participated, uh, worship stands out as one of my favorite parts of the gathering. Yesterday at 2 p.m. or 5 p.m. our time, uh, we uh, started off with the opening worship service at general conference. Um, Incidentally, uh, High Point University Choir was one of uh, the choirs that participated in that opening worship. So uh, today I'm sharing with you different pieces of audio that were uh, provided before General Conference. And and this particular piece uh, was produced by United Methodist Communications, and it's about uh, Reverend Laura Jackwith Bartlett, who is in charge of worship for the conference. So hear a word from uh, United Methodist Communications about the worship that's going on this week. During General Conference, United Methodists celebrate the many voices of the global church. I do believe that worship shapes the very foundation of how we work together as a denomination in General Conference. Oh, finally, we'd get to sing two notes that are right in a row. And then... The Reverend Laura Jaquith Bartlett of Oregon is the Worship and Music Director for the 2016 Gathering. Her goal is to provide balance during 10 days of debate and voting. I have a question. As a denomination, we're going through some pretty divisive times right now. It's scary for a lot of us. It's um, heart-wrenching um, for us as well. Most all of us, I think, want to be as one. Opening worship sets the tone for the more than 4,000 participants. The Spirit is leading us as a denomination in the future and certainly over the next 10 days. The worship is about how can we create a sense of community for these disparate folks. Three times a day, delegates can take time for a spiritual respite. At 8 o'clock each morning, this is my blood. we'll do that around the Lord's table at noon each day. And we'll do that again when the delegates break. We'll send them out into the night, resting on the wings of the Spirit. The worship team auditioned dozens of performers and selected 27 choirs. 
a third are from outside the U.S. And growing up as a white Westerner, there's certain styles of music that speak to me simply because of the way I grew up. They're not going to be the same ones who resonate for somebody who grew up in India or, or even the Philippines. Even if we can't find one piece of music that's going to resonate for every single person in that room at the same time, we at least want to provide a, a depth and breadth of music experience so that in one worship service, hopefully every person there will have an opportunity to sing their heart music at some point. These first several days of General Conference, delegates will be meeting in legislative committees and uh, working with over a thousand petitions that have been submitted for action. This next clip that you're about to hear is about Gary Graves, who is from Kentucky, and he is in charge of compiling all of the petitions into the two-volume document that each delegate has been reading and studying prior to the General Conference. And you, too, uh, can get a hold of that as the Advanced Daily Christian Advocate. It's online at our Western North Carolina conference website. So, hear a word from Gary Graves. When I was growing up on Saturday mornings, a lot of times we had a little cartoon that came on that I really loved. Um, that was the little bill sitting on the, the steps of the Capitol and the process that it went through in Schoolhouse Rock to get to become a law, um, that is very much the way our process works. The Reverend Gary Graves spends months compiling hundreds of petitions sent to the United Methodist General Conference. There are two volumes of books that are produced, uh, and they're about the size of a metropolitan phone book. Delegates' votes shape the future of the denomination. As the petition secretary for the Commission on General Conference, Graves vets every piece of legislation. They may come in in English, they may come in in French, Portuguese, Swahili. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Graves is a full-time pastor in Kentucky. The added volunteer work for General Conference is done in a small room in the church parsonage. You get to be in the guest room at the Parish United Methodist Church Parsonage. Um, the dog also lives in here. Um, but right here at these two workstations uh, is where the petitions come in and then get sent back out to the publishing house. Portland in 2016 will be Graves' seventh general conference. In 24 years, the petition and recording process has changed from paper to e-filing. This will be with our electronic pads. This vote. So it was through tech growing pains at General Conference that Graves found a new way to be of service to the church he loves. Graves signed on as part of the host committee when General Conference met in his home state of Kentucky in 1992. He helped organize student volunteers. That was the year that they went from selectric typewriters into computers. A lot of the people that were coming to work were expecting to type on typewriters and computers were very new. The seminary students really kind of became um, on-site tech people. I would like to make an amendment. You're in order. During general conference, Graves shepherds the paperwork through the legislative committee process. There's a lot of work that happens late at night. Uh, there's a lot of work that happens while everybody else is on break. It's a lot of chocolate, Coca-Cola, and coffee. There have been stretches where we may go two days and not get back to the hotel room. 
but it's very satisfying work when you are able to see that you're enabling um, something to happen that the delegates couldn't do if there was nobody behind the scenes making the, the activity happen. The petition secretary serves at the invitation of the secretary of the general conference. Graves says he has no plans to retire from his volunteer post anytime soon. Then I got here and looked at my name tag and on the back it said, Texas when I die. That was a bit of a bummer. Graves is glad his time and talents can be of service to his church. I feel that I've been in the right place at the right time in a lot of situations, and I don't believe that those are all coincidence. Uh, we're not voting delegates. Uh, we operate behind the scenes, and I think that is a part of our calling. Again, if you'd like to get a look at all of those petitions in the Advanced Daily Christian Advocate, you can find it on our Western North Carolina UMC website, but you can also go to UMCGC. Dot org and download that Advanced Daily Christian Advocate. One thing that is evident at General Conference is that it is truly an international gathering. Delegates come from across the globe and many languages are spoken, and the conference actually uses four official languages for all of its written documents. Here's a clip about Adam Westad of Norway, who is part of the 25-member planning committee who has worked on General Conference. Another clip from United Methodist Communications. I'm trying to give a voice to the central conferences of the United Methodist Church. And also, I hope I can bring the voices of the young people uh, into the work that has to be done in planning the General Conference. Nine-year-old Auden Westad is the leader for his annual conference youth board in Norway and chairperson for the Northern Europe and Eurasia Central Conference Youth Council. In 2016, Westad will have the opportunity to shape the future of the United Methodist Church as a delegate to General Conference. I don't think the voting in itself is the most important thing. I think the dialogue between the different delegates is the important thing at the General Conference meeting each other, understanding what's difficult in your annual conference, in your local church, and how can the general church contribute in solving these problems and making things go the right way. Westad is also a member of the Commission on the General Conference, a 25-member panel tasked with working out the logistics for these global gatherings. If the general conference, all the practical things around it go smoothly, you, you give the delegates more time uh, to do what they're really here, for, here to do. They don't have to worry about when am I going to eat, where I'm going to sleep, all that is sorted out. Uh, you just have time to be a delegate and to meet the other people and doing what you're here to do for the church. The biggest challenge in uh, the commission work is the personal challenge of leaving the family. And when you have small kids being away for such a long time, a week at a time, the Commission on General Conference includes representatives from United Methodist Churches in Africa, the Philippines, and Europe. When planning an event for a global audience, this input is essential. I'm trying to show that the things we discuss might have different angles and are interpreted differently around the world. So if it's understandable and okay in the U.S., it might not be that 
when we get to other central conferences, try to see that we are a worldwide church and what that really means. On a recent tour of the 2016 location, West Dodd was impressed with Portland, Oregon, especially the public transportation system that should help international guests navigate an unfamiliar city. West Dodd was a delegate to General Conference in Tampa in 2012. He believes one of the best improvements in the last four years is the move to tablets and e-readers to save paper and make the legislative process easier to navigate. There's also an app for accessing translation. Since this is um, the highest uh, assembly we have, uh, it's, it's uh, important to understand what the possibilities are for the church uh, when we are having this conference. I really like uh, that from the local church to the, the whole world, we have the same similar build-up. So the same way you can participate uh, in your local church, you can also participate in the worldwide United Methodist Church. And that's a very good thing and the strength of Methodism. Let's take a break now and hear from our sponsors from the Western North Carolina Conference. My name is Sally Queen, and I'm the Associate Director of Ministerial Services. By virtue of our baptism, we are all called into ministry. This call is being faithfully lived out in the communities of Western North Carolina as people of all ages participate in building God's kingdom. Others are responding to God's call to license or ordain ministry by committing to faithfully lead our churches in vitality. All who are called are using their talents and gifts to follow Jesus, make disciples, and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. General Conference is a monumental task to plan and implement. Central to the gathering for the past 25 years is our General Conference Secretary, Jerry Reist. Kim Ingram does an amazing job of, of this for our own annual conference, as did Denny White for many years before. But think about this. Jerry does it for a global gathering for 10 days, and so here's an audio clip from United Methodist Communications about Jerry and his work at General Conference. He's been a familiar face at General Conference for almost 25 years. I would like to ask the Secretary of General Conference to give us a little bit of backup. Fitzgerald Reese, Secretary of the General Conference. Since 2004, the Reverend Jerry Reese has served the United Methodist Church as the Secretary of General Conference, a gathering that sets the direction of the church for the next four years. During the session, Reese is present for every vote. We have, by our record, had 18 amendments offered this evening. He works behind the scenes, too, keeping up with the day-to-day -day details. Host Volunteer Services has advised us that they have a lot of personal items that have been returned to their booth. These include such things as passports, picture IDs, and such. Planning for General Conference takes years, but the two weeks the event happens are the most intense. 
typically as Secretary of the General Conference, I'm in the office until midnight and I'm back in the office before 7 a.m. It's the people that I work with that keep my energy up. And volunteer staff, delegates should remember, they're not paid, they're volunteers. They don't get to vote. And when you're around people with that kind of self-discipline and that kind of caring, giving up two weeks of their lives to help something happen in which they don't have a voice, that's energizing. There have been several persons asking, how should you write your check? I hope you will write them as large as possible. Humor and prayer sustain Reese. Being a general conference is an act of constant prayer. People may not see me bow my head, but they may see my lips moving a lot. So I try to focus on the people I'm with when I'm with them. Uh, when I'm walking down the hallway, though, I'm probably praying. Four decades as a pastor serve Reese well in this role. I come at it from a pastoral perspective. I try to listen to people, to not be judgmental. Uh, we have such different cultures in our church. Reese has attended six general conferences. In 1992, he became inspired to take a more active role after seeing delegates from other cultures struggle with the legislative process. I saw Central Conference delegates being ruled out of order without any explanation to them of why they were out of order. It hurt me to see them go back to their seats with confusion and pain on their faces because they were trying to do something, but they didn't know how to do it, and they weren't being helped to do it. That's been one of the real motivations, and simplifying and streamlining things. I think the church makes better decisions when it understands what it's doing. Jerry Reese will retire in December of 2016, but he has enjoyed the fellowship and service during his years at the helm. Happy birthday to you. I think anybody who goes to General Conference forms friendships that they carry with them. And I worry about people around the world. I'm in prayer for them. And, uh, and that's an automatic tie to God. So it strengthens the relationships. It's an exciting part of, of the life that, to know that we are so closely connected together. A highlight this year at General Conference will be the unveiling of a new song that celebrates our fight together as United Methodists against malaria. We have impacted nearly 5 million lives through our efforts together. And this song is going to be live streamed on May 18th around 12.45 p.m. during the report on Imagine No Malaria. So here is a behind-the-scenes look at the making of that song. Our God is able, more than able. This is really a, a song that's a gift to the United Methodist Church. What the United Methodist Church is doing now is something that we can consider a miracle. You know what I mean? How many lives have been spared because of what you guys have done? The program wasn't about imagining less malaria. The invitation was to imagine no malaria, and that seemed like a God-sized project. That's why I wanted to be a part of writing this song. My name is James Teeley, and I am a songwriter, uh, producer uh, here in Nashville, Tennessee. This is for the United Methodist Church, so the song was meant to just be a celebration of all the church can do when they actually work together. I write songs for the church in the hope that they will work like portable theology, to carry around and recite. My name is James Isaac Elliott, and I'm a professional songwriter. So when we got together, we knew it was for a celebration, but we also wanted it to be 
let's say, bigger than that that could be used for this, but then hopefully for, for years to come. And we really based the song on that, Ephesians 3.20, when it talks about how God is able to do more than we can think or imagine. We can ask or imagine. Hi, my name is Jeremy Rosado. I am a singer, worship pastor, and I was on the 11th season of American Idol. They are allowing me to do something I don't typically typically get to do, add a little bit of that Spanish flavor that I have. Jesus es capaz. So with this, we tried to bring in some elements of world music. In the bridge of the song, it's actually written in Shona. You can hear in the recording of the song, there are about 750 children from a little school uh, outside of Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, singing along. I would love this song to really have an impact and to be an encouragement to people. I think music, you know, in worship is one of the one of the most important parts. It gives me so much joy to to think about the people that may try to cover it, the kids that may try to sing it within the churches. It's always been an important part of the life of the church that we might sing the truths that we believe. And I want the church to be reminded of that, that the church wouldn't be able to escape walking around singing, our God is able. That's my hope. General Conference will be a busy and should be an exciting 10 days in Portland. Be sure to keep up with all of the latest news and information, and you can find that at umcgc.org. They will also have a link to live streaming that you can watch the proceedings throughout those 10 days. You can keep up with all of the same kinds of information and a local look at our Western North Carolina website, wnccumc.org. Dot org. Thanks to United Methodist Communications for the audio clips we use today, and you can watch those videos on YouTube, all at umcgc.org, under Multimedia. And we're going to be back next week, connecting United Methodists and their stories. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about them on the sponsors section of the website, umconnect.info. I'm Michael Rich, and you've been listening to Connect.